This is the ministry from Sovereign Grace Reformed Church in Tiverton, Devon, United Kingdom. Turning now on the Word of God to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, and reading verse 10. While you're looking for the Bible references, just to mention it's a privilege to be invited back here again among like-minded brethren, and uh, trust that we'll know the Lord's blessing together, and... Uh, a warm welcome from Chichester Providence Chapel. Uh, you're in our prayers as well, and I know you pray for us. But, uh, well, the Lord bless bless the brethren here. But So it's uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the title for this evening's message is The Believer's Strength. A very, known, a very well-known verse to believers, a, a verse much loved and appreciated, and for good reason. We meet, needed to be <clears throat> reminded of this truth often, because we as believers, there are many difficulties and perplexities that we go through in life. Well, non-believers go through difficulties and perplexities as well, but we have to contend against the enemy of souls. Those who are in Satan's kingdoms, they're, they're in peace. They don't realize they're in chains. But now that our eyes are opened, we are aware of the spiritual warfare. And uh, we need to come to verses like this from time to time for encouragement. But in this, in this chapter, the people are hearing the, the law the law of Moses being read to them, and they are they are weeping. They are. I don't have time to turn to these ref, re, references, but if you if you read the chapter, the people gather to hear the reading of of the law, the law of Moses, the first five books, and the law is read out to them. And uh, Ezra reads, and the and the Levites uh, read and exhort the people, and then they begin to weep. They begin to. Uh, they are deeply convicted by what they he- by what they hear, and this is why they are weeping because they realize how far they have strayed from God's standard. They realize how far they have strayed from the Lord. When Moses, the Deuteronomy, and so on is read to them, they just are profoundly aware of their sins. And when re- when we read through the books of Ezra and and Nehemiah, we understand why they felt that way. Ezra arrived in Jerusalem 13 years prior to Nehemiah. So he was there 13 years before Nehemiah arrived. And uh, though the captives, the the first captives from Babylon, though they had rebuilt the temple and the wall 60 years earlier, uh, again, after 60 years, the the wall and the temple had, had, again, the city had fallen into disrepair. This was partly due to Opposition against the work. There were enemies surrounding Jerusalem and Samaria and so on, but it also was neglect on their part. They, 
were, they became preoccupied with their own lives and the other sins that they were guilty of. And if you were to read Ezra and Nehemiah, you would discover some of the sins they were guilty of. Intermarriage with other nations, uh, marrying uh, people who worshipped, who were idolaters, and they, uh, there was intermarriage there. There was the breaking of the Sabbath and trading with the Gentiles on the Sabbath day. Uh, so these are the, some of the things that they were guilty of. But when Ezra arrived around 4458 50, BC and Nehemiah arrived in 445 BC, when they came onto the, they, when they came came there, they realized, well, of course, they had to rebuild. There was rebuilding to do. There was the rebuilding of the wall; it had fallen into disrepair, and there was the rebuilding of the of the of the temple as well. But that was only a fraction of the problems they faced. They realized when they came there that not only was there physical work and there was uh, building that needed to, to be done, but there was also spiritual reformation was very was very much needed. It was a vital part. It was a vital part of their calling, and we see how mightily God used both Nehemiah and Ezra, and how the people were. Well, they didn't oppose the ministry. They were challenged by it. They were convicted by it, and they were willing to be led by. The, and they were led by the Spirit. There was a great movement of the Spirit because there was true conviction and sorrow and sorrow for sin. And they were probably thinking, the people here in this chapter weeping when they were hearing the law read to them, they were probably thinking about the future as well. well. How could we do this? This is why we were led into Babylon in the first place, because of our idolatry, because of our sins. And yet we're doing it again. We've fallen, in, we've fallen into this sin again. Why didn't we learn this? Why didn't we learn from the, the, from the Babylonian captivity? And besides, our enemies will stop at nothing. To see our downfall again. Lord have mercy upon us. But they're encouraged not to weep. God knows that they're sincere. Nehemiah, Ezra know that there's a true work of God. And the people are convicted. But they're told not to, not to weep. Not to weep further. And we, we, read, we read this in verse 10. Then he said unto them. Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. They were, they were actually weeping. Don't be sorry anymore. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. They were celebrating a new moon feast which included the blowing of the trumpets. And this marked the celebration of the people of Israel moving into the land of Canaan. That's what they were celebrating. One of the new moon feasts. And there should be thanksgiving for this, that they were commemorating, celebrating that great occasion when God uh, guided them and helped them or guided them into the into the promised land. But there's an encouragement for us here also in this. I'm just going to be focusing on this verse that, uh, this evening, just verse 10. And even before we come down to that wonderful exhortation at the latter half of verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There are some other helpful instructions in that verse which, which assists us as believers in our joy, in receiving the joy of the, Lord, joy of the Lord. So we will look at these other instructions in the verse also because they're very helpful. So, we, begin, so we, we, start with verse, we start with verse 10, or we, indeed we start and we finish with verse 10 this evening. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and send portions Unto them whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be ye sorry, 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Well, the joy of the Lord, the rekindling of that joy. First, we notice on the list of instructions in verse, in verse 10, is that he said, go your way and eat the fat. That is, the fat here is a reference to the rich food that was prepared for the festivities. Uh, animals were slaughtered and there was so much food for the people. It was a time of celebration. This is what the food was prepared for. Rich food was prepared for the festivities. And again, the first lesson for here for us in verse 10 is there is so much spiritual food for us as believers to drink in and appreciate concerning our faith. You think of the many doctrines of our, of our faith. And it's so important for us. Or for example, you think of the Lord's Supper. When we come for the Lord's Supper and we reflect upon what our Saviour has done for our souls, suffering and dying on Calvary's cross, giving up his life, the shedding of his blood, that the God of heaven should do this for us. But we think of salvation in, in its entirety, all of the doctrines. There's so much to think about. And if we're not mindful of these things, and if we don't, uh, if we don't appreciate the doctrines, if we don't give due consideration to them, if we don't reflect upon them enough, then our joy will be sporadic. It won't be rather than consistent. So the more we reflect upon these doctrines, the more we cher cherish them and love them and, and are mindful of them, well, the more joy we will receive from the Lord. Uh, sadly, time at times, and I'm guilty of this, well, our joy, our joy can be sporadic because I allowed, I allowed doubts and complexities to dominate my mind. Uh, and we're, we're, we are those who are saved by the shed blood of Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit, but we also have the old nature, and we have the enemy throwing his fiery darts. But... I must endeavor to lift up the shield of faith and consider the precious truths. Even when I am going through the valley of the shadow of death, I can think about these things and receive great comfort. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19, the Apostle Paul encourages believers in Ephesus to be mindful, and not just to be mindful of the doctrines, but to think about them deeply and to explore them. These doctrines are to be explored and investigated by believers. And the more we think about them, the more we investigate, the more blessing will be conferred to our souls, the more strength we will receive. I just read this passage. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye may be rooted and grounded in love. And this is, this is the part when I want to emphasize that ye may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the le length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. But our, our faith is so comprehensive. It's so vast. There's so much we can reflect upon and be comforted by. So many wonderful so many wonderful doctrines. Our faith is not static. Our faith, we can explore these things and the depths of the teachings. You look at your, if you have a reference Bible with you, you look at the reference Bible and almost with every verse, there's a cluster of other verses where you can, where all these doctrines are weaved together and you can, and you look at one doctrine, you would look at one verse and you say, oh, this, this teaches something wonderful about this 
this particular issue and you look at other verses and, and it sheds more light on this doctrine and you see this whole panoramic view of this glorious doctrine all well, that's everywhere in the bible the bible is such an exciting book and the more i investigate the more i read it the more joy the more strength strength i will receive strengthened in the inner man is what the apostle paul says in in the verses i just read just one just one example pick one doctrine for example the persev- the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints the more i think about this doctrine the more or the more my heart will overflow with gratitude even think about your conversion and how through the many difficulties and trials of life well without the grace of god i would have strayed i would have strayed off the, off the narrow path so long ago but the lord has kept me i'm kept by the power of god unto salvation ready to be revealed at the last day the more i think about the fact that god's hand is upon me and my salvation can never be taken from me and sometimes we may fail our lord and we're cast down but i cannot deny the fact that i'm not the person i used to be and god has worked a miracle in my heart and i confess sometimes my heart my my love is cold for the lord but i do love the lord otherwise i wouldn't know what it's like for my heart for me to feel distant from the lord but the lord has worked a work of grace in me but i wish i could love him more and appreciate him more but the fact i feel this way is an evident is an evidence that there is that work of grace in me and god is and god is keeping me and and it's 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 comforting to reflect upon this especially when we do feel and sometimes sometimes the lord may we may not feel it's wonderful to sense that the lord is near um when our feelings are aroused but sometimes the lord will test us and we don't we don't feel that the lord is near sometimes he will test us we'll go through a season of testing not always necessarily because of sin but he may be testing us strengthening us so that we don't we don't depending upon our feelings we depend upon what the lord is his promises but we reflect upon this and we realize that i'm not kept by my own strivings i'm a covenant was made a, a, an eternal covenant was was made by the triune god and i'm kept because of the covenant of grace and it and the and the shed blood of christ i'm kept by him and these troubles will bring me closer to to my lord jesus christ and wean me off this world psalm 119 verse 67 before i was afflicted i went astray but now i have kept thy word well before we leave this this first point of feasting and meditating on the faith on the faith we cannot uh, neglect another important aspect of this and that is the promises of god the promises of god is such a vital part of our diet as believers there's so many promises we can reflect upon in fact this very verse has a promise for us the joy of the lord is your strength it comes it's it's an exhortation yes primarily it's an exhortation but it's also a promise when i am mindful of my faith when i love the truth it will so strengthen me as a believer it will give me so much resolve it will give me so much fortitude that's the promise it's an exhortation yes but it's but it's also a promise so eat the fat there before the people of israel there was plenty of uh delicious food waiting for them to eat and of course we the obvious spiritual lesson is, is this is a gospel feast for the believer of course we what we long for lost souls to enjoy this as well but it's for us to appreciate to reflect upon to muse to be strengthened with but then the next exhortation 
within the, within the verse, as we continue to read, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Send portions for them for whom nothing is, is, is prepared. Well, there were many poor people in, in the land of Israel also. There were many poor people who, who didn't have. And so the exhortation was uh, provide, take home with you portions of food for those people who, are, who, who do not have, who, who, who need. There was the exhortation and, and the obvious, the, the spiritual application for us is so obvious. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, freely ye have received, freely give. We have in Christ Jesus unsearchable riches. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ warning the church in uh, Laodicea. You, you have all these riches and yet you're wretched, poor, blind and naked. You have, we have nothing without Christ. Well, the worldling has nothing without Christ. But we who are Christians, we have, we have everything. We have, we have everything now and for eternity. And we're exhorted here, this is one of the lessons, to share this with those who have nothing. And people have so much in this world, but without Christ they have nothing. So we must share the gospel with those who have nothing, who are lost, who are damned. Pleading with them to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is a fact, a, a, an important component of our spiritual joy. No wonder why there are so many believers today who, well, who, who, who go in for worldly things to resuscitate joy. At the, or they, they live for the things of this world. And one of the reasons why they, they do this is because they're not serving Christians. They don't serve the Lord. There is a great amount of joy in Christ, in the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It'll bring us sorrow as well, by the way, don't be mistaken. Because when you see the indifference of people, when you see how callous people are towards the faith, it's difficult. It's difficult for gospel laborers to see this. It pains them to see people. They're, they're waging war against their own souls when they behave like this. They're on the course of self-destruction and they don't even know it. And it causes those who, who long to see them saved, it's painful to see them on this course of self-destruction. But we remember the many promises. We're exhorted in Scripture to plough in hope. We're exhorted in Scripture to uh, continue to labour in the Lord because our labour is never in vain. Every prayer offered for other souls, every conversation given, it's not in vain. And we will reap in due season, Galatians chapter 6, if we faint not. And in Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6, they that sow in tears. So there is, there is sorrow in reaching out to souls. They who sow in tears shall reap in joy, but there's also joy. They who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Listen to this, there's a promise here. Bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing sheaves with him. But I, I haven't seen any souls saved through my ministry, you might ask me, after the service. I've been witnessing to people for many years. Well, maybe, we hope not, we hope to see those uh, fruits of our labours in this life. We, we may do, we may not, but I'm persuaded that you you will have people thanking you in glory and you will see the fruit of your labor in glory 
of course, it's the Lord who gives the increase. It's the Lord who works by his spirit using us earthen vessels. But take, take courage, dear brother or sister, through your labors. You may not see it in this life, but you will certainly see the travail of, well, the travail of our Savior's soul saving us. And the Lord blesses us as weak as we are. We look for grace, but there is great joy in serving this, the Savior. Without service, well, our joy will not be complete. Of course, you can be a Christian who has that joy in the Lord, even, even if you're not serving the Lord, but it won't be full. It won't be the full joy that we can experience. Because when, we're serving, when I'm serving my Savior, there's a great sense of adventure. And this is the wonderful experience of the service to Christ. It's, it's, it's a life of adventure. It's a life, where, it's, it's a life where the prayer life of the Christian takes on a new dynam, diamondism. Because when I'm serving the Lord, I have people to pray for, people the Lord has laid on my heart. I spoke to that person in the street. I've given, that, I've given a person that track. And my prayer life expands. And more answers to prayer if I'm a, if I'm a serving, serving Christian. And I'm more inclined to hold on to God's promises, promises because I need them. The trials and the difficulties and the opposition that come to serving the Lord, it's all a part of our sanctification. And when I'm serving the interests of others, whether, whether it's other Christians, I'm serving the interests of other Christians, I'm giving my life to serve my Savior by serving fellow believers in the church and also lost souls, then also... It's, it's such a precious, it's so precious concerning our, our sanctification. Because when I'm, if this is my attitude and if this is my mindset, I will be less tempted to be licking my own wounds and, cons- and being consumed about the, my own problems I go through. Self-pity and these temptations will be minimized if I have, if I have, this, if I have this mindset. So there's a liberty and there's a joy in serving the Lord, there's challenges that come with it, but there, but the joy of the Lord is full, is complete. When, well, to the extent we can appreciate it in this life, if I'm a if I'm a serving Christian. So without, and so this is the this was the Apostle Paul's experience. Let me just quote this verse. First, First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nineteen. Listen to this: For what is our hope? or joy, or crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. So you can see that the Apostle Paul, much of his joy was bound up in the lives of others. He was so, his, he was so excited at the prospect of seeing these trophies of grace on the last day being presented to Christ as a chaste version. And that gave him much joy. So you can see... There's proof texts in the scriptures which show us how important it is to serve the Savior in the reaching out of lost souls. But then we come to our the next exhortation in this verse. This verse has a handful of exhortations here. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, the gospel feast which Christians can reflect upon and meditate. And then... Uh, Neither be, oh, I beg your pardon, so eat, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared, reach out to lost souls, for this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry. That's the next exhortation. Neither be ye sorry. Well, they were sorry, they were cast down, they were weeping when the law was read. 
deeply convicted. They knew they had grievously sinned against the Lord by hearing the law of Moses. But so this, this sorrow was primarily sorrow for sin. They were weeping over their sins. And this is often the case with believers. It's, I can't think of any greater sorrow in the, Christian, in the Christian life than the believers struggle against their own sins. It does cause us great sorrow and consternation. Bless, but then we have that promise. Blessed are those who mourn, mourn and weep over their own sins, for they shall be comforted. I will know the comfort of the Lord, and God will give me grace to wage war against my sin. But at the same time, we must be careful not to allow our minds, and Satan will assist in this, to doubt that God has forgiven us. And sometimes we can, well, it's, it's, it's healthy to be sorrow for si- sorrow, sorry over our sins. And God does not despise a broken and a contrite heart. But when I start to doubt that the Lord has forgiven me, well, other temptations can come in. And, and, they can inte- and the, the sorrow can intensify and I can become embittered. And I can be vulnerable to further sins. So we must remember that the mercy seat is ever available to us. I just read this passage of scripture to you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 verse through to 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's always available to us. In time of need, I've let down the Lord, or I'm surrounded by temptations. His throne of grace is ever available to his children. And another, another sorrow, other sorrows also can cause the Christian to, well, to the Lord to withdraw. The, sor- the general sorrows and cares and difficulties of this life, and there are many, they can get the better of us. And sometimes it can manifest itself in, in the, for example, in complaining. I find myself complaining about the difficulties and the troubles I have in my life. And these cares become all-consuming. That's all I think about. Like clothes in the washing machine going over and over. I, I rehearse these things in my mind constantly. And I can't think about anything else. I can't even think about spiritual thoughts. These Trials and difficulties in my foolishness, I can allow these cares to take over my mind. For, so there's no, there's no room in my mind for spiritual reflection. And I'm, I, I'm no longer thinking spiritually. But here's the exhortation, neither be sorry. And a wonderful equivalent text in the New Testament is Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. If something, if something, dear brother or sister, is causing you great anxiety, don't wait. Don't, uh, don't try to um, dis- uh, uh, dismiss that thought and, and do something else. Maybe watch something or pre- preoccupy your mind with something else. Take, take it to the Lord in prayer. Pour out your heart before the Lord in prayer. Ask him for grace. Remember that he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing, but come before the throne of grace. But in, every, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And thanksgiving, that's so vital when we do, re, when we do ask for grace, when we're going through difficulty and trouble. Thankfulness 
is so important in the Christian life. The, we must be thankful for all the benefits. We do go through difficulties and trials, but the benefits of being a Christian far outweigh the difficulties. Far outweigh the difficulties. And thankfulness is such a powerful repellent against sin. Did you know that? It's not the only powerful repellent, but it's a powerful repellent against sin. Certainly against complaining. If I'm a thankful Christian, I won't be a, I won't be a, I won't be a complaining Christian. And complaining is often a symptom of, of ingratitude. Of ingratitude. Be careful of complaining, dear brother or sister. Remember the Lord's displeasure of those in the wilderness who complained against him. Because of their, it's, it's, a, it's also a symptom of unbelief. So, thankful for all the Lord has done for me. Also be careful when you ask, when you come to the Lord in prayer and you thank him for things. Don't be general in your thanksgiving. Lord, I thank thee for all these blessings you give me. I must be specific. If I'm not specific in, what, in the benefits I have in Christ, if I don't articulate these things in prayer, but if I just generalize, I can... Get, get, I can end up praying on autopilot when I come to this section in prayer. But if I articulate, Lord, I thank you for this particular thing. I thank you, Lord, for this particular doctrine. And I think about it in prayer. And as I'm thanking the Lord for it, my own heart is encouraged in prayer. So try not to generalize when, or not just thankfulness, but all departments of prayer. Take heed of generalization in prayer, but be specific in your prayers. And then that will, that, that will help me to that will help me with my sincerity as well before the Lord. But I'm so thankful for the many spiritual blessings I have, for the many promises, for answers to prayer that I've had in the past. Well, we come to the last portion of the verse. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 41 through to 42, we have this... Uh, Wonderful situation with Martha and Mary, Jesus and their home. I just read this part, portion of scripture. Jesus answered and said unto Martha, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That one needful thing dominated the heart of Mary. And that must be so with us if we, if, we were, if we are to know the joy of the Lord more consistently as God's children. The, our Lord Jesus Christ, this precious faith which we possess, to ask the Lord to give us, to ever be mindful of it, to, to reflect upon it. To, these truths are more important than anything else. Friends, even in the lives of Christians, there is a, there is a war being waged for the affections that are in your heart. Uh, Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And it's so easy for us to let these things slip. It's so easy for us, just in a few hours after the meeting, other things can so easily dominate our minds. Of course, there are many things we must see to in this world, and there's many things we can appreciate and enjoy. God has given us all things to enjoy. But because I have a because I have that fallen human nature and residual sin in my life, I must be on my God because this is a spiritual warfare. And if I'm not watching, if I'm not praying, if I'm not spiritually alert, my affections can be drawn, drawn aside to the things of this world. So, But when my, I set my affections on things above, here is the promise. 
The joy of the Lord will be your strength. You will be strengthened. You will be helped in trial and difficulty. You will be helped in witnessing. God will give you grace in all these areas. And this strength is, well, it's, it's real. You, you have in, 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 in this world, you have many platitudes. You have, I'm sure you've seen it before. Keep calm and keep going and so on. That doesn't do anything for people. But these promises of Scripture, they're very practical and they're very, they're very real. But they must be accessed by faith. And I must think upon the faith if I, if, if I am to receive strength. These doctrines must be so precious to me. And yes, I can never lose my salvation. Even if I go through a period of backsliding. But friends, it's so, it, it's so helpful for us to be mindful of this great salvation which the Lord has given us. And... Pray that if you, if you have gone through a season of struggle and difficulty and you, feel, feel, you felt distant from the Lord for many years, well, the Lord can restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I can, the Lord can strengthen me and restore me just like he did Peter when Peter failed his Lord. So when I lift up the shield of faith, I can know that help and that blessing. So we must be mindful of where our strength lies in closing. And when we are mindful of this, where our strength lies, where our joy lies, then, well, we will know great blessing. We will know great fruitfulness in our walk with our Saviour. We will be able to patiently bear under trial, uh, under trial. We will be able to know the Lord's help in our witness to others. Just as David testified, in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures evermore. Well, David in that, in that psalm is speaking about heaven. But God can give us great joy even in the many turbulent storms of this life. And when we bear these, thi when we bear these things in mind, well, the Lord will greatly bless us. So this is just very short, not a very long message this evening, but just to uh, be reminded of this wonderful, encouraging verse. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And may God help us to lay hold of these things by faith and our Saviour be glorified in the process. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com That's grace2seekers at gmail.com Alternatively, you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.co.uk